What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Dirty Blondes. This week, I'm answering a bunch of your questions that you submitted for Dear Dirty Blonde. So I'm going to jump right in. The first question is, for a while, I've been romantically interested in a good friend of mine who is married. She just told me last month that they're getting a divorce. Since then, she's been super flirty with me during our hangouts, touching, arm grabbing, etc. Is she rebounding? When should I tell her how I feel? How can I pursue this? I'm afraid to destroy our friendship if the feeling isn't mutual. Okay, so my gut is telling me that she's probably just kind of looking for a rebound at this point. If she's being playful and flirty, then it seems like she wasn't necessarily blindsided by the divorce and she's at peace with what's happening, which might mean that she's not going to need a ton of time to heal or get over it, which is great, but... I'm not sure she would necessarily be rushing to jump into something serious again or even date with the intention of getting to a long-term relationship, depending on the situation. I've had a lot of friends and acquaintances over the years who are relationship hoppers. They will jump right into a new relationship after one ends. But in my observations with them, the relationships typically don't last, especially the ones immediately following the significant relationship that just ended. And look, I'm not saying that she doesn't possibly have feelings for you. She absolutely might. And she might be testing the waters. But with the divorce being so fresh, I would just be there for her and be supportive of her and give her some time to be single for a bit and get used to the change of her lifestyle. Because regardless, if she filed for the divorce or she was just okay with the marriage ending, it still sucks. Like she's still going to have to heal from that in some capacity. And who knows, she might want to go through a little bit of a hoe phase or even just casually date to keep her options open and see what's out there or even just to get some validation that like she's a catch, which she totally should keep her options open, but let her get that out of her system. And then I feel like you can go to her a little down the road when she has a clearer head and a better idea of what she's looking for to have that conversation. And honestly, the dating pool is a mess, and I don't think it's going to take her very long to realize that dating sucks. So I would definitely just give her some time before you bring it up. But if she continues to be flirty and she tries to initiate a hookup at some point, then I feel like that's when you can address that you don't want to ruin your friendship with a rebound or a hookup and go from there. But if she doesn't make the move, just give it some time and let her sort out this new chapter of her life for a bit and then bring it up when the time feels a little bit better. I know it's hard to be patient, but I think it'll pay off in this scenario if you don't rush right into it with such a serious conversation. Okay, the next listener wrote in, tips for stealth sex, vacationing with two other couples in the house. Okay, so I'm assuming you'd all have your own rooms in this house. So I feel like there's definitely going to be plenty of time at night or in the morning for you guys to have sex. But if for whatever reason you don't have your own rooms, I feel like you can always lie to your friends about various things, like just to kind of like go off on your own. This is flirting with kind of toxic advice, but you can fake a fight and then occupy a room to pretend that you guys have to like talk it out because no one wants to be around a couple that's fighting because it's just fucking awkward. So that way you can kind of like fake a fight and go off and do your thing and then come back and be fine. (laughs) Or you can lie and say that you're both not really feeling great and like have migraines or something and you just want to go take a nap and you can kind of like, you know, sneak one in that way. Um, if you're taking your car or if you're getting a rental car or, 
open to getting a rental car, then maybe you can go off on your own and say that you want to do some like one-on-one exploring or you just happen to have other friends that are going to be in the area from out of state at the same time and you want to meet up with them or, you know, something along those lines. Um, I think this listener who wrote in is a male. So I feel like you can even try to make a plan with the other husbands to come up with some type of like system. You're all adults and I'm sure all the guys are probably thinking the same thing about having sex. So maybe just make some type of like pact or a code word or something with the other husbands and everyone can try to keep everyone out of everyone's hair. So you're all kind of like getting it in, but it's not like awkward and obvious. (laughs) All right. The next listener wrote in. During sex the other day, I caught myself verbally apologizing to my partner for coming before I wanted to. I always ensure she comes first. She was on top, which we both love because she's in control of her pleasure, but I lose the ability to control my orgasm. Advice on handling that immediate guilt as well as a guy controlling the orgasm from the bottom. Thanks. Love the pod. Okay. Personally, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on guys for this, and I don't know why. Like, Women know it's generally easier for men to come than it is for us. So if a guy comes quick while we're having sex, like I personally am not too bent out of shape about it. Um, Unless like they're being selfish and not giving a shit about my orgasm. But if you're consistently trying to make sure that your partner comes first, then I doubt that she was probably that upset about it. So like an apology is fine, but I don't think you need to feel guilty about it. So my advice would be that If you feel like you're getting close, maybe just ask her either to slow down or see if she's willing to switch positions. And then that way you can incorporate a toy or go down on her or make sure that she's still getting pleasure, but it gives you a little bit of a break. You can also make sure that she comes before getting on top and then that way she can get on top afterwards and then potentially orgasm again. Also, there are plenty of delay sprays and numbing creams and gels and lubes that you can entertain if this happens more frequently than you would like. Uh, My friends at Promescent have a delay spray on the market that helps men last 64% longer in bed. So use the code DIRTY15 at checkout for 15% off if you're interested in incorporating that into your sex life. The link to their website is in my Instagram bio. So make sure you follow me on there. If you don't already, my Instagram is Dirty Blondes Pod. So there's a link tree link in my bio, which has a link to Promescent site. So again, the code Dirty15 if you're interested in the delay spray. And honestly, too, like if you do come first, just make sure you make her come afterwards. Like go down on her or finger her or use toys like There's no shame in making her come after you have. It's honestly, you know, it's fine. Um, Like I said, it's just I think women get upset when guys just completely just don't care if they come or not. Like it's just selfish behavior. And that's where women have the problem. (laughs) And honestly, too, like there's a lot of women who feel guilty about not being able to come because it's not easy for a lot of women. So most of us are pretty understanding about that whole like realm of orgasms. Like we just want you guys to make us come at some point and not disregard our pleasure completely. So we all have off days and sometimes we come quicker than others and other times we can't come at all. Like it is what it is, you know? So just make sure you communicate and just like always make sure that you give your partner an orgasm at some point or another. (laughs) Doesn't matter what order it's in. All right. The last question is, 
I've never had a girlfriend. I'm 22. Advice to help find a woman for a relationship. Thanks. All right. Since you're 22, I would say that dating apps are definitely going to be the easiest because I feel like younger generations are just so app and tech driven. Um, If you're looking for a relationship, then you really need to make sure that your profile is filled out the best it can be with a complete bio and prompts and good current pictures that really showcase your personality and your interests. On my end, I see a lot of guys who put zero effort into their profiles. And even if their pictures are good and like they're cute and good looking, whatever, I won't swipe right on them if I can't get a feel for who they are. And when answering the prompts too, please make sure that your responses are unique because I am so tired of seeing the same responses over and over again. Like two of the main ones I see all the time are, I quote too much from the office and I'd fall for you if you trip me. So like make sure your responses stand out, like make sure they're funny or really showcase something about your personality or your interests or your opinions about something. Also, dating and relationships are a slow roll, especially if you're looking for something long-term and of substance. I see way too many people rush into something just to get off the apps and have a label so they can like post on social media and tell their friends that they have a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever. And look, I've been guilty of this in the past, so I'm not shading anyone. But if you want something meaningful and long-term, you have to put in the work and be patient. And I know it's hard, but you also have to keep your options open. Go on dates with multiple people. And I don't mean that you have to sleep with all of them, but date different people and start to figure out what you really want in a relationship. So you're putting your efforts and energy into the right people, especially because so many people settle after they have a few good dates with someone and think everything's amazing because they have a few surface level things in common. But there's a lot more to it than that. So even when you're going on dates, make sure that you're asking more serious questions and really trying to get to know the person beyond surface level to see if you're even compatible enough to get to the next step. Like I live in an area that has a lot of Republicans and a lot of Democrats. So I've been on plenty of dates or talked to plenty of guys who like to get that out of the way because that's important to them. And they don't want to waste their time if someone is, you know, one side or the other or whatever. And while I don't think this tactic works with everyone, and I don't recommend leading with such a controversial topic right out the gate, especially on a first date, it is important to cover serious topics to make sure that you're on the same page. Because I see a lot of people turn a blind eye or think they can change someone or think it won't be a big deal down the road, but it just ends up bubbling up and then you're back to square one because you settled for someone who was only partially compatible. But since dating apps can be really challenging, I would also ask your friends or coworkers or classmates if you're still in college, if they have anyone that they could set you up with. People who know you can speak to your character more and they will have a better idea of who could potentially be a good match for you. You could also join social clubs depending on where you live. I feel like there's plenty of local events that you can get involved in in pretty much any major city. Like if you're into running or sports or workout classes or things like that where people can bond over similar interests. And also ask one of your guy friends to be like a wingman to go out and find an activity on Groupon or something. So you can go out, but you're not alone and you can just try to meet new people and bond with people, again, who have similar interests, you know, as you, but you're not just sitting behind a screen having the same conversation over and over and over again. 
All right, guys, that's going to wrap up this episode. Like I said earlier, follow me on Instagram at Dirty Blondes Pod and click the link in my bio to get 15% off your purchase with the code Dirty15 on Promescent's website if you're interested in their delay spray or any other products. Also, check out another link in my bio for a company called Bijou Indiscreets to get 20% off your purchase of their branded products. They have vegan leather harnesses, lubes, oils, vibrators, and so much more. So definitely check them out too. Use the code DIRTY20 at checkout to get 20% off your purchase. Also, if you want any of my merch, don't forget to check out the Dirty Blonde Studio on Etsy. The link is in my bio as well on Instagram. So if you want any of the merch that I have check it out. The code is dirty 20 at checkout. If you want 20% off your purchase, there's a lot of funny t-shirts on there. So definitely take a look. I'm going to be adding more stuff down the road. There are going to be fun things coming. So stay tuned. Also, if you have some time, please don't forget to rate me five stars on Apple and Spotify. I appreciate all of my loyal listeners, but I need your help to get more ratings. So please don't keep me from your friends. So if you love the podcast, please share your favorite episodes with your friends and rate me five stars. Okay. All right, guys, have a great weekend and I will see you next week. All right. Love you guys. Bye.